So this morning, um, we're reading from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 to 13, as uh, Stuart is commencing a new series. And so um, if you have the Bible on your phone or uh, the Bible in the pews, or if you just want to watch on screen, the words will be there. Here we go. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit, to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all of God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are, which are your glory. And we give thanks for God's word. Thank you, Paul. Um, just before we do get into God's word, um, our elders met yesterday and we gathered for a half day together and we, we sought the face of God. We um, were seeking the heart of God on behalf of the church family here. We had a great time together. Um, please do pray not only for our staff team, but for the elders here in church as they help lead the church forward um, into 2023. There was a real sense of anticipation um, as we thought about who we are as a church here in Carmoney, um, we, we, we believe we're a people where the presence of God dwells, God is among us, and we want to be a people of prayer, a house of prayer for the nations, um, and we want to be a church where we practice the way of Jesus. We live out our faith in a way that makes a real difference in this world as we make him known. And people of presence, prayer, and practice as we live out the way of Jesus. Really exciting time together. And I hope as the new year begins, you're feeling a sense of uh, anticipation. Maybe you're feeling other things, um, but that you sense God's presence with you as you head into 2023. This morning, we're starting a new series that we're calling um, Clarity in Mystery. We're in the book of, of Ephesians, Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. I'm really excited for this, and I hope that you are too. Um, if not, I hope that after this morning, you're going to be really excited about this series that will probably take us all the way up until about Easter time um, in our church life here in Carmoney. Paul has just read from uh, chapter 3, verses 1 to 13. I'm going to touch on that, but we're going to go back to the beginning next week and work our way through the letter to the Ephesians. But this morning, I think it's really important that, that we read that portion of Scripture in, in chapter 3, um, because today um, we're going to introduce this series. That's what this morning is going to be about, a series introduction. So I'm going to introduce the book of Ephesus, and particularly this theme of mystery 
that we find in Paul's letter, clarity within the mystery of God. Does that sound good? Um, I hope that sounds good to you. Um, One self-help author that I read, I don't often read self-help books, in fact, I never do, but I read this quote um, online about the new year. The person wrote this, the new year stands before us like a chapter in a book waiting to be written. Then another author, another self-help author wrote this, the book is called Opportunity and the first chapter is New Year's Day. Well, it's the 8th of January, isn't that right? It's the 8th of January, I got that right. So we're eight days in to this new year. The book has been opened for a full week. 2023 has been open for a full week. I wonder how does that feel to you? How does the new year feel for you? Does it feel like a year of opportunity for you? Or perhaps it feels more like the year ahead is going to be filled with dread. Whatever the case, this new year for all of us carries a sense of the unknown. There's a mystery about the new year. How are you with that? How are you with mystery? How are you with the unknown of a new year? Does mystery appeal to you? Does not knowing what is ahead appeal to you? See, mystery can be defined as something strange, unknown, or something that's not understood, or something that is still yet to be explained. We're not very good with mystery, sure. We're not, we're not good with things that we don't understand. We're, we're not good with things that we don't fully know or things that we can't fully comprehend. We're not all that good stepping forward into the darkness of the unknown, not knowing what lies around the corner. We're not really that good with mystery. I wonder how you feel about your life right now. The future for you and for me is largely unknown. We do not know what 2023 will bring our way. It could be full of joy and happiness or 2023 for some of us might bring great heartache and even pain into our lives. And when it comes to mystery, the Christian life is full of it. I think it's good that we acknowledge that. The Christian life, a life following Christ in this world carries with it mystery. There's much of the Christian life that we struggle to get our heads around. And yet I believe that in order for us to have a deepening faith in an uncreated supernatural God who has redeemed us by the sacrificial death of his son, Jesus, and a God who fills us with the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit, for us to have a deepening faith in all of that, we need to be okay with the mystery of it. Isn't that right? We need to be okay with the mystery of who God is and how he works. We're calling this series Clarity in Mystery because we're believing that in 2023, God is going to lead us confidently into the mystery that lies in front of us. We're going to go deep into Paul's letter to the Ephesian Christians and we're going to discover some wonderful, beautiful truth in this letter. We're going to discover that there is clarity in the mystery of the gospel. There is a clarity in the mystery of the good news of Jesus. There is a clarity that comes to us as we look to Christ. The good news becomes clear. 
And with that comes a clarity in the mystery of life with all of its ups and downs. Jesus brings to us a clarity to the mystery of life. We can see things through the lens that God would want us to see the world through, that he is still sovereign and in control, that he does go before us, that he is with us in our pain, even though we might not understand it, with all of the things that we cannot get our heads around, the things that we don't understand about life, about even about God and what God might be doing in our lives and in the world around us, we find clarity in the person and work of Jesus Christ as the Holy Spirit works within our hearts. That's my desire as we step into this series. And so this letter to the Ephesian Christians is written in Paul's day, but it's written for us today. So a bit of background very quickly to the city of Ephesus um, in Paul's day, it was modern-day Turkey. I don't know if anyone's been to Ephesus. Um, we went to Ephesus, Caroline and I, in the early days of our relationship. Um, she'll kill me for saying this, but we had probably the biggest fight we've ever had <laughs> on the ancient cobbled streets of Ephesus, <laughs> walking in the footsteps of the Apostle Paul, <laughs> hitting me with her handbag, and it was awful. Sun cream dripping off me. Oh, 45 degree heat. Ephesus is, a, is in modern day Turkey. Um, it was the mother city of Asia in Paul's day with an estimated population of about a quarter of a million people. Economically, the city of Ephesus was the largest trade center in Asia Minor. It was situated at the intersection of trade routes, so it was a really strategically important city. It was a city steeped in idolatry. We know from Acts 19 verse 35 that Ephesus as a city was renowned as the guardian of the temple of the great Artemis and of her image which fell from heaven. That's what they believed as a people. The temple of the goddess Artemis, I think there's a picture of it, was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And the influence of this cult, this cultic religion pervaded every single facet of the life of the city of Ephesus. For example, the temple itself served as the bank in Ephesus. Money was exchanged in the temple of Artemis. There was an image of the goddess imprinted on the coinage in the city. It was her image on the coinage. All festivals and athletic games in the city were held in honor of the goddess Artemis. And she was thought to be the guardian of the city. It was Artemis, this goddess who watched over the city of Ephesus. So who in Ephesus was Jesus Christ? Who on earth is Jesus Christ in a city like that? We've got Artemis. We've got our goddess. She watches over us. She's the one that we live for. She organizes our wealth she watches over our city and over our lives. Who on earth, who in Ephesus is Jesus Christ? We know from the book of Acts that Paul went to work in the city. Paul and his companions, they went to work in the power of the Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit, they brought the good news of Jesus onto the streets of Ephesus. They preached the word of God. They pushed back the darkness. We read in Acts chapter 19 that all of the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia in this city, they heard the word of the Lord. There was great opposition. Paul at one point 
um, was chased out of the, uh, out of the city. Um, he experienced great opposition. But Paul and his companions, they didn't hang about. They got about the work of the Lord. We also read that Paul performed miracles. He cast out demons in the name of Jesus. We read that many people believed in, in Christ in the city of Ephesus. And there were many who ended up setting a match to their sorcery scrolls. They burned their scrolls, um, losing out on 50,000 drachmas. Now get this. Experts believe that this could have equated to anywhere between $1 million and $5 million. They burned their scrolls, all because of an encounter with the risen Lord Jesus. Can you imagine Evan Spiegel and Bobby Murphy are probably thinking, who on earth are those two people? Well, they're the co-founders of Snap Inc., the company responsible for Snapchat, which all of your young people are on. Can you imagine them setting fire to their headquarters and all of their computers because of an encounter with Jesus Christ <laughs> means nothing anymore. The people in the city of Ephesus lost out on something between one and five million dollars in their day because of an encounter with Jesus as they burned their scrolls. So what about the letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesian Christians as we get into this? It's a manifesto for the church. Paul's letter describes the true essence and identity of the church of Jesus Christ, the people of God. And for this letter, in this letter, we're going to see that it publicly declares a number of things. It tells us who we are as the church of Jesus Christ. It tells us how we came about. How did we come to be gathered in places like this as the church, the people of God? It's going to tell us how we ought to live and conduct ourselves as the church. We want to find out again what our mission is as the people of God here in the world. And this is all within the framework of Christ's cosmic rule and reign, that he is over all things. He is the sole king and head of the church. There are many brilliant themes in this letter, okay? There's lots of stuff that we're going to journey through. We're going to look at lots of themes that Paul talks about. Our hearts are going to be warmed by those things. But for me and for my heart, there was one theme that stood out more than any others as I thought about this, as I prayed about the new year, and it was this theme of mystery, Mystery. Ephesians, more than any other book in the Bible, speaks about mystery. The mystery of God, the mystery of the gospel, the mystery of what it means to be a Christian, to follow Jesus, to know a supernatural God who somehow fills us with his spirit and works in and through us in this world. The mystery of the good news, what it means to know Jesus. Paul doesn't shy away from using words like mystery. You see, in the letter, we're going to see that in chapter 1, Paul introduces the letter. In verse 9 of chapter 1, Paul says, God made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. And then at the very end of the letter, Paul comes to a conclusion by saying this. He says, will you pray also for me? He says, I'm praying for you. Will you pray for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will do what? I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. 
I'm sure Paul in chains was thinking, how on earth did I end up shackled like this, God? How did I end up a prisoner for you, banged up in a cell on account of the name of Jesus? And so Paul says, pray for me. Pray for me that in this mystery, words may be given to me so that I can live it out, even though I am in chains. So it begins with mystery. The letter ends in mystery. And then all the way through the middle of it, especially in chapter three that Paul read a little, uh, or a few moments ago, we see this mystery unpacked. Let me just highlight a few things. Chapter three, verse three, the mystery, Paul says, made known to me by revelation as I have already written briefly. God has revealed something to Paul. Then in verse five of chapter three, the mystery not made known to people in other generations, Paul says, but it's been made known, it's been revealed by the Holy Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. Then Paul says in verse six, the mystery that through the gospel, Jews and Gentiles, two once very separate groups of people have come together to form one body of people, the church, it's a mystery. It's a beautiful mystery. Then in verse nine, the mystery, Paul says, which for ages kept, uh, was kept hidden in God. So what is this mystery that Paul is talking about? We'll be looking at this in more detail in the coming weeks. But the Greek word is mysterion. Mysterion. It doesn't mean mysterious or secretive in the same way that we might talk about mystery in English but rather this mysterion speaks of a secret that was once hidden, but it's now been revealed. Something that was once concealed, but is now revealed and made known to everyone. You see, this is the mystery of Christ. The mystery of the Lord Jesus, the mystery of the gospel, the mystery of the good news, the beautiful mystery once concealed, now revealed, once hidden, now, now held up for all to see, the mystery of the gospel, the mystery that I'm standing here proclaiming in front of all of you this morning. It's a mystery within which we're to become familiar as the people of God, a mystery within which we're to grow as God's people here on earth. See, Paul wanted the Ephesians to step into this mystery. And as they stepped into the mystery, that they would grow up in their faith, that they would discover the wonders and the beauty of God, what it means to know him and live out as his people here on earth. One pastor has said this about the people in Ephesus. How will they grow up? How will they grow up? Well, it's not going to be by trying harder, not by using better techniques to build successful lives. For Paul, growing up is about entering the mystery, the mystery that God is present in the world. God is active here now. God is at work in his people and in his church. And as we live into the mystery, we find a firmer foundation. So people of God, as we enter a new year, as we walk into 2023, the unknown lies in front of us. What will it bring? What are we going to walk into? What will our health be like in 2023? Well, really, we have no idea. What will our finances be like in 2023? Well, for many people, we're going to be shaken financially. What transitions have you ahead of you in 2023? What job uh, transitions might you make? What transitions might there be within your family, within your life? 
what might go on within your family circle, much of it is a mystery. Much of it we just have no idea what's going to happen. But as the people of God, my desire is that we would step into the mystery, not only of life in 2023 and all that lies in front of us, but the mystery of the gospel that gives us clarity through every single season of the soul. The mystery of the gospel that plants our feet on a firm foundation. The lens through which we can view life is through the good news of Jesus. We worship God through everything that comes our way. And as we step into the mystery of that, we find not only a firm foundation to stand on, but we find clarity in the mystery of life. God makes himself known. And we walk forward with him. We follow him into all that lies in front. And so we're going to step into the mystery. We're going to discover the goodness of God We're going to see things the way God would want us to see things and we are going to worship him. We're going to worship him in the year that is to come. We're going to discover clarity in the mystery that somehow we're chosen by God from before the beginning of the world. We're going to step into the mystery that we have an inheritance that awaits us in Christ We may lose out on some things on earth in 2023, but we have everything to gain as the people of God. We're going to be reminded that the mystery has been kept hidden, but is now revealed fully in Christ. The mystery is here. He is here. The person and work of Jesus by his spirit is here among us. He's been revealed. We want more of his presence among us. We're going to be shown all over again that in this mystery, salvation is available to all who believe in Jesus, to all who call upon his his name. All who call upon his name will be saved. They will come into the kingdom of God. They will step into the mystery with us. We're going to discover the beautiful mystery that no ethnic, cultural, religious boundary or any other boundary for that matter can stop the transformational power of the beautiful mystery of the good news of Jesus. We're gonna step into our calling and into our destiny within the mystery that we are God's people. We are the church. We are the church. Can I say this for 2023? Will you, will you walk with us? Will you commit to gathering? If you're online, we're so thankful for our live stream. But we want the live stream to be available for those primarily who can't make it out to church. We want you to join with us, if you're able, to come and be present, to sense the presence of God as we gather with one another. We want you to commit the journey and with us into this new year that we would walk with Christ into the mystery finding clarity in the presence of God. Let's do it together, church. Let's do it together. We're the people of God. He is with us. He is among us. Let's walk together. Let's step in to our calling and destiny within the mystery that we are the people of God. We are his church. We're part of the mystery is that in Christ, those who were far off, that's you and me, once far off, now brought close We are his people, brought together by the power of the cross. 
And so join me this year, join with us as we step into all of that. That's what this series is going to be about, and I'm really excited for it. So one of the very best ways for us to step into the mystery of the gospel is for us to take part in the Lord's Supper. We're going to do that now. There's something beautifully mysterious about this moment. We're going, to, we're going to do this in remembrance of him, of Jesus. Here at this table, we see the mystery of God's divine, perfect grace and mercy that has been extended to sinners like you and me. It's the mystery of the great exchange, our sin for Jesus' righteousness, that he gave himself for us on the cross, that he would die in our place. Mystery of the gospel. We're going to enter into the mystery of this right now. We're going to find clarity in our hearts, the clarity that he brings, the clarity of our salvation, the clarity of our hope in Christ, the clarity of the love of God that is ours through what he has done for us. Here at this table, we see and we enter into the mystery of God's divine, perfect grace and mercy. See, in the words of St. Augustine, he said this, recognize, we recognize in the bread what hung on the cross. Don't we? We recognize something as ordinary as bread. It's the people of God, we recognize what hung on the cross, the body of Jesus. And then St. Augustine says this, we recognize in the cup what flowed from his side. The blood of Jesus that was shed for us. I'm going to pray that we receive great clarity in this moment in the mystery of what we're about to do. The clarity of all that Jesus has done for, for us. It's a mystery so stunning, isn't it? So beautiful, so profound, so powerful. Let's enter into this moment right now. The worship team are going to play, um, sing in a moment. Some of our elders are going to distribute um, the wine around the church. You've already hopefully got your bread on the way in. If not, make sure you grab that now if you need to. Um, it's the elders' joy to serve you this morning. I know it is. When you receive the wine, just hold on to it. Place it in the little holder in front of you. There's a little holder in the pew in front of you. That's not just for sticking your fingers in. That's for, <laughs> that's for your communion glass. You can put it in there. It means you don't have to hold it. So hold on to that. Hold on to your bread. And then we're going to eat and drink together um, in a few moments' time. So just hold on to that. And also a reminder, in the Presbyterian Church, we do collect little communion tokens. It helps with our records. We have to do statistical returns every year. It helps with that. So please do fill in your little token. Those can be dropped in the offering plates um, on the way out this morning. Please make sure you fill that in um, and leave that. If you're here and you're not a Christian, you know what? We're so glad you're here. So glad that you have chosen to be here with us. We're thrilled that you're here. But if you're a Christian in these moments, as you let the bread and the wine pass, if you're not a Christian, sorry, in these moments, and you're going to let the bread and wine pass you by, we want you to consider Christ in that moment. Do not let him pass you by any longer. 
put your faith, your trust in him today. Let's pray as we prepare to share our communion together. Let's pray. Lord God, at the beginning of this new year, we know that much of what lies in front of us is a mystery. We don't know what is around the corner. We don't know what tomorrow will bring, never mind next year, never mind June, never mind August, September, October, November. But you do. You're with us. Lord, and you bring clarity into the mystery of life. You sharpen our vision. You give us focus on what matters most. You've brought us as your people into relationship with you through the sacrificial death of your son on our behalf. We get to have communion, fellowship with the creator of the universe. What a beautiful mystery. Bring a clarity to our hearts, O oh God, in these moments. Father, we look up. We look up and we're reminded that it is you as a loving heavenly father who has prepared this moment for us. You've given us your son. In this moment, we also look in. We examine our own hearts. Lord, we confess our, our sinfulness, our, our wanderings, and we come before you once again in repentance and in faith in who Jesus is and all that he has done for us. We look back. We look back and we say, thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you for giving your life for us, that you died that we might live. And we look around this church. We thank you for each other. We thank you for those who sit around us, for our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, for this church family. May we feel like we belong here this morning. May we feel not only the warmth of the welcome, but the warmth of your presence. Thank you for bringing us into fellowship like this as we sit around your table. And Lord God, we look ahead to the marriage feast in heaven that you have prepared for us. This table points to that one. We thank you that one day we will sit with you in the fullness of your presence. No more tears, no more heartache, no more pain. We will be with you forever. You are a good God. We love you, Father. As the wine is distributed, as the praise group play and sing, draw our hearts right in to your presence, we pray in Jesus' name.